everybody. Uh, welcome back to our newest edition of our podcast uh, with my friend Craig Babigian, featuring him this morning. You can tell we're getting down to the slow news day section of the podcast, right, Craig? <laughs> Thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to say that, that uh, I was uh, uh, installed or, or ratified or something by the board uh, in San Francisco 12 years ago. And then we all went out to a vineyard and I rode on the bus uh, with Craig and his better half, Diane. And so you are forever cemented in my memory as <laughs> at the early days, early days of Napier, right? I know actually, uh, in fact, I think we were sitting next to you at dinner and I'm thinking, man, we got to sit next to the new guy, right? You know? <laughs> You're thinking we could have yeah. done a lot better than this. Yeah, yeah. How long, how long is this guy going to last? <laughs> Not very, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I believe you lost the over and under bet that night. Yeah, I, I think you had six by, weeks. By far. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah. So thanks. Thanks for being with, uh, with me today. And so I start all of these at the, at the beginning. And what's so funny is, especially when I'm talking to people that I know well, like you, I'm surprised at, at sometimes at how little I know. Uh, when I when I talked to Melissa Viscovich, right, worked side by side with her for twelve years, really good friends. I actually didn't know where she was born and and where she started. Like, how did I miss that? Um, so yeah, so we we're, we're going to talk about uh, Craig Babigian, and then we're going to talk about Craig Babigian and the PEO space. We're going to cover both of them today. So uh, yes, yeah, so where does the story start? I, I you were born in Massachusetts, weren't you? Were you? I was, but uh, but actually, before we start, actually, I just want to say I'm honored by this, and um, you know. Um, by the way, I assume this is the highlight of your week. I mean, all, I mean, all you did yesterday was testify in front of the House Ways and Means uh, Subcommittee. Um, all the day's work, yeah. you know, it was pretty easy. And then I mowed the lawn. Yeah, and I'm sure through that you were thinking, wow, highlighted my this week is my podcast with Craig this week. So that was my problem as well. I was testifying. I just, I, I couldn't get this out of my head. Was I, I bet. I get bet. through the testimony <laughs> and get to the podcast interview. By the way, was that, was that a new green tie? No, no. And I, uh, we've lost all the listeners at this point. This is great. So I just read the Jim Baker biography, which is a beast of a book, 800 pages, actually written by a guy I know, Peter Baker, who's no relation to him, was the Post reporter. I know, I know Peter. And so I just finished the book and they said in there, and it was kind of like his trademark, Jim Baker always wore a green tie, especially when he became Secretary of Treasury. He wore that green tie. His wife gave it to him. And so uh, my wife, Kathleen, is like, what are you going to wear tomorrow? I said, I'm going to wear the Jim Baker green tie. That there you it. go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and in case I don't have time at the end, I also want to say, you know, and you've heard me say this on stage at uh, Prism Live. Um, you know, when you arrived 12 years ago, you know, you re quickly renewed my excitement for this industry. So, you know, thank you. Thank you for the friendship. Um, and um, so here we go to the uh, boring part. We have where was Craig born? Um, <laughs> so uh, you know, I you know, I grew up um, thirty miles west of Boston. Um, my entire life has actually been spent that whole thirty mile stretch, you know, west of Boston. You know, two older brothers. Um, you know, I was the youngest in my family, and my parents were the youngest in theirs. So, you know, I truly was the baby chronologically and emotionally. Um, <laughs> but, uh, um, by the way, huge advantage of being the baby of a family. A lot of perks come with that. Yes, um, yes. I, I am one. I can attest. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I'm not ashamed to say it. Um, 
my dad worked at Raytheon for 30 years, so I, I almost ended up there. Um, we also almost ended up in Saudi Arabia because my father was in Raytheon. So uh, back then, um, you know, Raytheon, um, you know, did quite a bit around the world, and they gave my dad a pretty uh, sweet offer. And uh, thankfully, my mother squashed that pretty quickly. <laughs> and, and frankly, I'm not even quite sure if my dad was really serious about it. So. Um, you know, fairly typical childhood, you know, um, you know, uh, played sports, uh, played football, basketball since the fourth grade and on, um, started working fairly young, um, cutting lawns and caddying and then for a grocery store and then selling paint in a hardware store. And I worked a lot. Like when I would caddy, I would, you know, carry two bags at a time and and um, and do like two rounds a day if I could. So um, so in in the times I was doing two jobs at a time. So you know I love that. I was I was constantly busy. Um, I decided to actually take a year off uh, before college. I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. Um, my dad convinced me um, to at least attend a local state school, which I did. Uh, had no major in mind. Um, and for some reason, I took an accounting class and it resonated with me. Um, and um, at that point, I decided, well, I, I need to, if I'm serious about this, I need to go to a school that's known for this. So I decided to go to um, Bentley College, um, and uh, which was Bentley College at that time, now Bentley University. And Bentley is a business uh, focus school um, about you know, located about seven miles west of Boston. Mm -hmm. Um, well known for their accounting major and very tech um, forward. Um, mm -hmm. um, but the problem was they it wasn't a school that you could easily transfer to. So um, I took some night classes there in accounting field, and that kind of helped my entrance there because I had experience in a you know a grades from Bentley, and so finally you know I was accepted and. But because of that, kind of lost a year and a half, right? Yeah. Um, that, and which is fine. I mean, now looking back, a year and a half is nothing, especially yeah. when you know what you want to do or think you know what you want to do. Um, you know, while I was there, still working, you know, I had this open invitation at the hardware store that if you're ever home, come in, don't need to call. So if I needed some money, I'd go home, work weekends or you know whatever. Um, when I was of age, I actually was bartending in a not so reputable bar. <laughs> and um, I also was um, bartending private parties in the Boston suburbs. It was actually pretty cool. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, while I was at Bentley, I realized that, you know, when I graduate, I need something on my resume that's somewhat in the accounting field. Um, you know, bar, bartending didn't count. Bartending and selling paint wasn't going <laughs> to box off. <laughs> um, so in the uh, placement office of the school, they also had a lot of companies who would post a part-time job for students. And there was a job there for a bookkeeper at a service company. Um, so I applied and got the job and ended up to be a small armored car company. Um, and I know we've had, we've chatted about this. Your nephew, I know, is part of an armored car company. Um, and, um, and they were servicing the Boston metro area. And I developed a great relationship with the owner um, who became a mentor of mine. Um, you know, the company quickly grew um, and I think it's because of me, yeah, right? Um, and in my last year at Bentley, um, they offered me a full-time position. You know, my other option was potentially Raytheon. Uh, 
And, um, but I know I just had this feel about where I was and maybe because it was easy. I was already there. I was, you know, and so I decided to stay. Um, I graduated from Bentley with an accounting degree and a concentration in computer science. Um, and staying at the armored car company ended up to be a great decision. And you know, not so much for the financially, <laughs> and yeah. I definitely not financially. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the great part about it, it gave me a ton of exposure, right? Yeah. Which I probably definitely not as good at Raytheon. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's, you know, it was a small company. I was responsible for accounting, billing, payroll, workers' comp, benefits. Um, and because I had a concentration in computer science, I became their IT guy. <laughs> <laughs> Funny how that works, right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, what's what's the town in in uh, Massachusetts? Charlestown was the town where all the bank robberies are. The movie Charlestown. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. No, okay. it was, and that's that that movie town is pretty yeah. accurate. I mean, there's this running joke that if there's a um, bank robbed or an armor car robbed, go to Charlestown, you'll see them coming home. Um, <laughs> seriously, it's um, it's. <laughs> And uh, in fact, I, what was really weird about that movie is, um, you know, we had at the Armour Car Company two locations, one in Massachusetts, one in New Hampshire. And our New Hampshire company is called Atlantic Armour Car Company. The Armour Car in that movie when they were robbing Fenway was yep. Atlantic Armour Car. It's like, whoa. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, wait, so, um, so I got to ask, I got to ask you, did you have any robberies while you were there? We actually broke up one. Um it was um, the FBI knows a lot, by the way, before things are happening. Um, a little bit, you know, it's kind of like that scene. I know you were watching uh, the, the City on a Hill, right? Oh, Where, yeah. 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 Great. And it was, Great. there was a scene there was like pretty, pretty true to this. Um, we knew we were going to be hit. And in fact, the car, we had contacted the car, get down there. They were stopped for speeding by the state police because they were rushing. They said, listen, call your office. We're going to go get hit. <laughs> <laughs> and sure enough, they pulled in and they were surrounded by the bad guys and they were surrounded by the good guys, arrested them on the scene. Problem was, ever since then, we were a target. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was pretty scary. Yeah. Um, but, um, but the reality is the danger and the risk in our car isn't really people getting shot. Um, it's really the injuries are more around hauling around a lot of coin and back injuries. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 yeah um, I'm sure. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. So anyways, um, you know, everything there was manual, right? Yeah. Yeah. Counting was handwritten ledgers. Yeah. Uh, it was handwriting checks. Um, their entire ops was manual. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, again, this is mid '80s, and technology wasn't that you know pervasive. And yeah. plus, they were not a car company with little means, right? So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And then we ended up with some half baked software for this space. So it was up to me to find a partner to like a software house to help me f- complete this this technology. So um, I called a few uh, places, and um, this was in 1985, and one of them was Fred Davison. <laughs> Um, and he had just started as a one-person consulting company to help small businesses uh, with custom development. And one thing I learned in school, one, the one thing I learned, <laughs> is, um, you never hire a one-shop person, you know, a one-person shop, I should say. Um, so um, and I'll, a moment in time I'll never forget is when he was leaving that day after I interviewed him, thinking this is the last time I see this guy, right? <laughs> it 
only little did I know. And, yeah. uh, lucky for me, that wasn't the case. Yeah. Um, so um, also in 1985, excuse me, um, was um, the year actually Diane and I got married, uh, um, which best decision of my life. Yeah. Um, she's so probably got, still she's probably still kicking herself. You know, she is. She <laughs> is. But, <laughs> 38 years later, I'm not quite sure what she has options. What was she thinking? Yes, exactly. I don't know. <laughs> um, so I actually called on a couple of the other companies, larger um, software houses. And um, basically, those are failures. You know, it just didn't go well. Spent money and no results. So I ended up calling back Fred. Um, he was still a one-person company. <laughs> At that point, I had no other options, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, we actually scrapped that technology, that, that half-baked tech that we had. We started from scratch. And um, so I understood the business side and the ops part. And so um, I came up with the requirements and part of design, and he developed it. Um, you know, we met every Wednesday at 4 p.m. after his day job. We worked till 9, 10 o'clock that night. He would do some coding during the week. And together, we built technology that uh, ran the entire operations of an armor car company. Um, he also set us up with an accounting package. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, in fact, we even contemplating going into a joint venture with Fred to actually sell this to other armor car companies, but that never happened. Yeah. But you had learned coding in school at that point? Was I did, like but the I early days I of coding. coding. I mean, I could code, but you would not you want to use that, right? <laughs> and my coding was in COBOL, right? Uh, you're, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, COBOL was going to be the, the business language, right? Yeah. Yeah. And Pascal and so forth. Yeah. Um, so again, at this time, we had doubled in size, um, three locations, two states. And, and it was probably around 1985, 1990. It was difficult to hire armored car drivers. Um, our work is comp costs were through the roof. Mm-hmm. Benefits were, you know, getting crazy. And, and I recall seeing an article in a business journal talking about employee leasing. And um, however, the way we interpreted that article is that we call this company and we say, hey, we need 10 armored car drivers. Mm-hmm. They send them over to us. Right? <laughs> yeah. Cheap, cheap workers cop yeah. or cheaper workers cop and benefits. Yeah. Obviously, wasn't that right? right? right. So we didn't, you know, really go forward with that. Yeah. But um, so I want, you know, a major part of my expense was labor. So I wanted to get, um, you know, bring payroll in house. So I kept bugging Fred. I said, "Hey, do you know any good payroll products out there?" He kept saying, "No, no, no." And then one day he says, "He, you know, he says, listen, I'm getting looking to get into a niche." He says, "What if I write one?" I said, "Go ahead." Um, he did. I, you know, I had my hand in some of the design. We were the beta site for it. Uh-huh. And that's kind of how the payroll product started. Um, is you know, from, yeah. yeah. So Fred and I always worked well together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was a big fan of his business ethics. Um, mm-hmm. and we became friends. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we never talked about it, but I think in the back of both of our minds were that someday um uh, this would be an opportunity for both of us to kind of come together. Um so in late 90s. I think it was around 92, we started chatting about it, about the opportunity. Um, and, um, you know, I viewed it, you know, as that one-time opportunity, right? Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. At the right time. You know, Diane was working full-time. Uh, we didn't have children at the time. So, you know, I figured, okay, if I'm going to do it, this is the time to do it. So um, 
So finally, I joined um, Fred in 93. The official date was 1, 2 of 94. So, mm-hmm. so you know, the end of this year will be 30 years. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Wow. And, and it was just the two of you at that point. It right? was the two of us, right? Yeah, and the timing worked out. Um, my boss, the owner of the armored car company, um, he wanted out. Uh, the ops person of that company who had equity um, offered me equity to stay, but I wanted no part of that, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, so they sold. Um, I assisted with that. It also helped out a Canadian healthcare laundry as they acquired a company in Boston. And I did that until the business was ready for me to come in. And, um, you know, at the beginning, we um, typically, you know, we were the typical startup environment. I mean, talk about a basement startup, right? Yeah. Uh, and hoping the business would succeed. Um, did, you, did you have an office? Well, so Fred's father owned a building in the town that he lived in. Um, Fred's father was retired and he had a flag store, which was basically a place for his old crony buddies to come by and, you know, (laughs) talk about how they're going to cure the world. We were on the other side of the building and it was kind of a funky office. So, yeah, I I guess you could call it an office. Kind of an office. Yeah, a de facto office. Yeah, right. I know. Yeah. We had someplace to go, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> um, you know, sometimes I think back on, you know, those disappointing times at the armored car company where the employee leasing didn't work out yeah, or yeah. all those, I had those failures with those other software houses yeah. and selfishly, I think back and say, thankfully, right. Yeah. Thankfully those failures, because quite honestly, if those were successful, prison probably never happened. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, so selfishly, I'm glad I had those failures back yeah. then. Isn't yeah. that funny, right? Yeah. It, it's yeah. the it's the Garth Brooks song, Unanswered Prayers, right? Sometimes things happen in funny ways, yeah. right? Yeah. That, that's just it. So you guys start. Uh, yeah. It's you and Fred uh, staring at one another across the desk. So how do you get clients and where'd you find them? And would you, yeah. you were selling, so, you were selling I mean, payroll then? Or yeah, so payroll, yeah. Or, yeah. Or, or everything? From 94 to 96, um, we were selling to um, standalone companies. Um, for their payroll and HR needs. We had a number of resellers. We had one that uh, did quite a business with us selling into um, distribution companies, another one selling into airports. Um, you know, we had uh, direct clients um, in um, home health care. Um, we had a large Anheuser-Busch distributorship, um, a couple of furniture stores, um, and I um, mean, actually, one of our early day marquee clients was the World Wrestling Federation, which was kind of, <laughs> yeah, really, oh uh, yeah, yeah. They were they were in Connecticut, I Connecticut, think, yeah, yeah. I think they still are, yeah. And uh, for us, that's a drive, right? Yeah, um, right? And that was a hoot. Um, so you know, and by now, our average size clients, you know, from the hundreds now became companies in the thousands of employees, yeah. right? So, um, so yeah, we did that from say 94 to 96. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I'd like to say that, you know, we were smart enough and we did some research and we found this PEO industry and, um, and, but that wasn't the case, right? The, uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it wasn't a grand plan, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. The, the industry kind of found us. Um, yeah. So how'd that happen? How did you, yeah, yeah. How did you connect with? Employee leasing yeah. with the PEO world. 
Yeah. So it was like, I think late 96, oh. uh, we were contacted by a PEO in Florida, go figure. Right. Mm-hmm. And we had never heard of PEO. Right. Um, yeah. And I, you know, listen to your other podcast. That's typical. Like, yeah. 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 I mean, people got in like, what, what's a PEO? Right. right? Yeah. Uh, and by the way, they weren't popular in the Northeast. Uh, no. Right. You know, because part of it, because um, Massachusetts and I think most of the Northeast, you have to maintain the clients unemployment and workers comp modifier. Yep. So the arbitrage wasn't there. And back then it was all about the arbitrage, right? Yep, yep. Um, so yep. they weren't that popular in the Northeast. Um, yep. And um, so, um, yeah, so, and, you know, as Carrie Aaron would always say, you know, we couldn't spell it if you spotted us the P and the O back then. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, anyways, we headed down to Florida and we spent, um, and by the way, they heard about us through a couple of, we had some large corporate clients in Florida mm-hmm. and that's how they heard about us. So they invited us down and we spent a couple of days there and um, ultimately they liked what they saw and they committed to paying us to have it customized to fit the needs of a PO. Mm-hmm. Um, and wow, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, what fell in our lap? Right? So yeah. I'm not sure if we knew that at that time. Yep. Although I recall they were talking about, hey, we're 10,000 employees. We're going to be 100,000. Everybody, everybody back then was going to be 100,000 employees. <laughs> but 10,000 employees for us back then, that was, whoa. It's a lot, you know? yeah. That was a lot. It's like, yeah. um, so we were pretty excited about it. Um, yeah. Is that PEO still around or can you say or not? No, no. So that was, uh, no, I could say it was, it was called Synodyne. It was part of Outsource International. Right. Which then sold to Team Staff, mm-hmm. and then then Team Staff converted all their business to us. And then about a month or two later, after Team Staff did that, they sold to I don't know was it was Staff Leasing or Jevity at that point? Okay, okay, okay. That, that group, right? I, I always say the Jevity Staff le- Leasing is is the Garden of Eden. Like, oh, without any traces their DNA, yeah. the Jevity, you know, and, and and Staff Leasing, right? So one way or another, right? And as you know, that eventually became Trident. Yeah, yeah, right? so, yeah, yeah. So we actually ultimately lost that business, and we had it all through team staff until obviously you know Jeremy came in. Um, so, anyways, the um, so we came back. We realized, wow, we need some high powered help. <laughs> <You know? laughs> we, we get a job out of us here. So yeah. we were aware of someone um, that who had just started in the industry consult consulting he was actually a prior client of ours so we called on him and that was dave wolverton and i don't know if you're familiar with dave um sure. it was like yeah it was like that scene out of pulp fiction right yeah, yeah we have to call the wolf right <laughs> and, and david is that person um and um and we also had a few others um in the company at that time um and then and actually signed david up to a six-month contract you know it's a short-term contract he ended up being with us for 20 years. So, <laughs> wow. Imagine what a long term contract. Yeah, was. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and by the way, those two, I would go to battle with any day. It was just amazing how quickly that we learned business and developed PEO specific tech. I mean, yep. you know, all three of us, because of our backgrounds and business and accounting, you know, we, we could understand what the business need is was the problems they were trying to solve, um, the, the design and development. And now when it came to development side, that, that's when I stepped away, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and, um, 
And so, yeah, that went well. And man, we plowed. But when, when, David, when David joined, like how many PEO clients did you have? Really just that one? And not even, right? They would yeah. just sign them up. Yeah. Um, but we knew we had a huge task in front of you. Know, yes, yeah. we had a payroll product, but a payroll product and a PEO product are two different animals. Yeah, yeah. You know, very different, very different. Um, yeah. So, um, so through 97, we um, developed... Um, and um, and they went live at the end of 97 with the 10,000 worksite um, employees. Um, mm-hmm. And for us at that time, that was massive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So 97 was a challenging year for me personally. Um, you know, we had this big prospect yeah. uh, project on our plate. Um, it was nothing like we'd ever had to deal with before. Yeah. It was also the year my daughter was born 10 weeks early at two pounds. Um, and um, and five weeks prior to that, Diane either spent in the hospital or bedroom, right? So, yeah. And um, well, that's scary. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was thinking back on it. Yeah. And um, and so um, and you know, this is a time when I needed to be in Florida, right? Yeah. And um, and I'll never forget Fred and David really covered for me, right? They had my back. Um, they, um, you know, and you know, once. Megan was in the NICU. She was in NICU for eight weeks. Good Lord. And, I didn't know. Uh, this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we, yeah. Can tell, we can tell everybody the end of the story is she's a grown woman today. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. No, did, did well. Uh, very well. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, all went well. And um, the um, so when she was out of danger, that's when I spent some time. Um, in Florida, uh, but nowhere close to the time I should have spent there. And again, yeah. I will forever be grateful for those two kind of having my back and covering for me, um, you know, during that time. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, so, you don't really, you don't really, uh, you, you know, a dictator plan this stuff. Like you, no. said, and all of a sudden you have something going on, you know, work wise, and then life happens, right? And yeah. that, it yeah. always takes priority. It has to. It must. And. Uh, yeah, all of a sudden it takes you off course a little bit. And again, you just uh, hope and pray that when that happens, you're surrounded by people who will uh, cover for you or help you through it. It sounds like uh, like uh, Fred and, and David did that. Oh, yeah. And it wasn't even a question. I mean, they're the ones who said, yeah, you're saying, you know. Um, and um, so, uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it was in- very interesting. But it was also the same year that we joined APO 97. Um and it was also the first um, annual conference we went to. Uh, wow. Was, yeah, San Francisco, which hearing some of the others, I think Wanda said that was her first Yeah, one. yeah, so many, so many, it's funny, yeah. so many people, like that was their first meeting with San Francisco, yeah. you yeah. know? Yeah, San Francisco was, um, and it was at the Mark Hopkins at the top of the hill. Uh-huh. Um, however, um, we were still startup mode, right? <laughs> <laughs> we we didn't stay at the Mark Hopkins at the top of the hill. We stayed at a quote unquote unquote uh, hotel at the bottom of the. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget. I mean, Fred and I shared a room, no air conditioning. I think in this dusty closet in the back, they had an oscillating fan. Um, I swear, one night there were some gunshots outside our window. Uh, but, uh, but that's what you did, right? Yeah, right. Uh, that's what you did, right? And. Um, and we showed up at that conference thinking, wow, wait till they see us, right? So mm-hmm. we walked in there so confident. And um, <laughs> we rented locally a 10 by 10 booth and we mm-hmm. had 
signage that goes on it. And we're standing there and hardly anybody's talking to us. They're like walking by us. Like we had the steel curtain in front of us. And there were a ton of folks at that conference. Yep. I was saying like, what's happening? What's happening? Um, what was the deal? Why, why not? Well, so I learned years later that, that this industry was so used to folks showing up, right? You know, here they are, a new vendor. Um, and a year or two or three, four years, they're gone. They're gone, right? Yeah. Um, so even though we thought we were the hottest thing on scene, no one knew us. No one knew us. Yeah. Uh, and um, and even if they heard of us, they want to make sure they saw us around and um, and really um, involved in the space. Um, and, and by this time, we actually had another two PO signed up. So by yep. the end of the night, we, said we had like three or four um, kind of. But again, it wasn't enough for the uh, industry to really yeah. think of us as a player, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I get it. I get it. But yeah. so funny, this is a great point, is that um, we get associate members join all the time. And because, uh, again, the industry is growing, not wood. It's, it's great. And uh, you probably don't remember this. But I don't know, maybe it was 10 years ago or a little less. We're at a meeting uh, we're at the, at the evening event. And we had an associate member who was, um, I think the nice word is difficult. And, you know, the week after they joined, we're demanding to know why they didn't have any business <laughs> yet. And it was so aggravating. And the guy was really giving me an earful. And you walked by. And I think I conscripted you because I was taking on water or something. And I remember you saying essentially this. You said to this guy, like, hey, settle down. And, and you know, the first Napio conference I went to, right, no one talked to me, basically. You know, I remember you telling the story. And I was sitting there thinking, like, oh, my God, this is great to be. Like, uh, I, I would have my own ego would have to say the second most well-known guy at Napio. But in truth, it was the most well-known guy in APO. And it was so impressive to me, first, that you helped me. And second of all, that you told that story. And uh, it turned out, by the way, unhappy ending. He quit the next year because he didn't have a trillion dollars worth of business. And we were we popped champagne when he quit because yeah, uh, he was so obnoxious the whole time. He was a member about, like, where's my money? Where's my money? Where's my money? Like, and it was that lesson from you. It's like, no, you're not going to know anybody this year. Yeah. Next year, and I, I've repeated it a million times, Greg, in talking to associate members. I say, get to the first meeting. Get to the first meeting as fast as you can because you're not going to know anybody. And in the second meeting, you're going to know a few people that you met at the first meeting, right? And the third, and so that's it, right? And now you're sort of living proof of it, you know, at these conferences. Oh, yeah. you get to know, but it's it's that, right? And the, not knowing anybody in that first meeting, but in the second meeting, you knew more people. Oh yeah, no, it's um, and you saw it, and um, and now it's to us. We bring a ton of people to the conferences, but we don't even look at it as a selling opportunity. We look at more of a homecoming for us. Yeah, um, and um, and yeah, no, and you know the 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 um, when I was on the Napio board, the first two years, I think I was the um, committee chair of the um, associate members, huh? and so anybody knew or. We come in, I'm talking, listen, if you've got to commit to this space, if you're serious about this space, yes. commit to yes. it. Don't yes. be disappointed year one and year two, right? Um, yes. However, if you stick it out, you serve these clients well, um, you will do very well in this space, right? Yep. You're, you know, um, and uh, But if you're not, you know, 
do everybody a favor, leave now. <laughs> yes, 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 that's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. So when did you feel like you started to get traction? So after that first conference, you came back home, maybe yeah. had a client or two yeah, yeah. or some interest or well, something? We got over that pretty quickly. And in 98, we actually were, we started selling pretty quickly. Um, and we still, I mean, we wore a lot of hats then. I mean, you know, I was I was the sales guy and maybe spent 10% of my time on sales. I mean, and sales was someone would call you and say they're interested. And I would show them what we have and talk about the value of it and have discussions. I was not your, I mean, another carrier, carrier will always call me the anti-salesperson because I never sales bone in me. However, <laughs> I could talk business with you all day and how this fits what your needs are and what we've seen and so forth. So that was the sales side of it. But yeah, I would sell it. And then <laughs> the same person I sell to, I'd be training them the next week, right? <laughs> Maybe on the phone with them supporting it. Yeah. Uh, again, you wore many hats, right? Back yeah. then. And um, so, yeah, no, it, it, it started picking up pretty quickly. Um and, um, and, you know, and, and frankly, we would turn away sales at some time because we realize if we bring on someone we're not ready for, that's just going to hurt us in the long term. And, and, we, and it wasn't like we didn't have sales coming in. We, they were coming in, so it was fine for business. Yeah. Uh, we grew at a slow pace, right? Um, and, uh, but we grew. I mean, we, we, we showed a profit every year. The only year since the business has been started that we've not showed a profit was in 97 because we basically everything went on hold because yeah. we were working, getting, bringing on the PO industry, right? Yeah, and yeah. that wasn't a loss. It was back kind of a break even, yeah. basically. Yeah. Um, but we didn't have to show big profits everywhere. We were just building something um, here. Yeah. And how, yeah. So at this point, I mean, uh, so in the, the, in the 97 or 2000, how many employees did you have? Oh, you know, I forget how we, but you know, then. 10 and 15 yeah. and and really until about it was actually because i know this it was 2000 by 2012 we were up to a whopping 30 employees and <laughs> we had some um, contractors so you know the actual you know fte's you know working for the company was you know 30 low 30 range mm -hmm. um and um so it was actually um in September of 2012, that Gary Nook joined the company. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so many folks know this, I think you know this, that um, actually Gary's been my next door neighbor for 26 plus years, right? Yeah. And so he was he was very familiar with our company. He had met Fred and, um, and you know, we'd always be talking, sharing stories about business. So he had a pretty good sense about the company. And Gary had a very successful business career, um, starting yeah. companies and going into high growth companies and just really taking it to the next level. Yeah. Um, and it was like in 2012 and he was working for a company and they just went through this huge growth and you could tell it was burning him out. And yeah, yeah, yeah. He needed to step away. Yeah. Um, so actually we, we talked and he came, uh, he came to Prism and he's a biz dev person. You know, just help the company along a bit and build the, you know, his background is sales and marketing. That's Gary's yeah. wheel, right? Yeah. Uh, and um, so, um, but Fred quickly realized, and, and probably with Gary's help, that if we wanted to grow to the levels that we wanted to grow, 
it wasn't in Fred's DNA to do that. Yep, yep. None of our DNA. Yep. Uh, and it wasn't Gary's. Yep. Um, so Gary became the CEO. And um, and that's when, you know, really we took off. I mean, that's when we first hired a salesperson. Again, yeah, we yeah. have a person until 2012. Uh, and you were, so, but uh, you were still uh, F.W. Davison or Prism? I'm yeah, we were still F.W. Davison. Okay. Yeah. So tell me yeah. about the move to Prism. Um, so <laughs> we were, we actually went through a rebranding um, and uh, with a group and we went through a bunch of names and none of them worked. It was just, you know, okay, we'll stay. And by the way, so there was the company name of F.W. Davison and there was the mm-hmm. Name, right? Yeah, yeah. Originally was Scorpio, and they went to HR Pyramid. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, so we were trying to rebrand the product name, and mm-hmm. we hired a company, and just nothing resonated. So we put that on hold. And then um, it was an exercise we were doing with our, our first investor. It wasn't a rebranding. It was like they were just going through the exercise, and it created a fictitious name. They came up with um, Prism HR. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of us saw this and said, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> There's our new name. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's how we get the Prism HR name. So, so the product became Prism HR. And then eventually we changed the name um, to Prism of the company Prism <laughs> HR too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's how that came about. So um, so Gary, I mean, we went from 30 employees and we probably 20X'd the number of employees since you've been here. And um, and you know, he it was Gary has been in high growth companies, so he knew what that looks like. He knew what you had to have in place. He, he put the infrastructure in place, yeah. um, started doing the right hires, um, and really made it attractive for investors. Right, mm-hmm. um, and um, so brought on a first investor, and he's now done this three times. Um, a lot of people have experience bringing on an investor. Gary has just scaled the company. To just make it then appealing for the next level investment. Yeah. That's yeah. How you, did, right? yeah. Uh, you start small and you build up. Yeah. So, um, and um, yeah, and that's, um, you know, and uh, again, Fred knew that wasn't him. Yeah. Uh, now, having said that, there's no way Gary could have done what Fred did. Of course. Was, of course. Yeah. Right. That's why it's a good team. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, I always say, Right person for the right time. Yep, right? yep, yep, absolutely. So tell me about so, the challenges of scaling. Yeah, well, actually, so I'm just a little continuation of that and hot off the press today, right? Um, now, by the time this podcast gets out there, this will probably be old news. Um, but, um, you know, keeping with that theme of right person for the right time, um, Kevin Andrews, who's the president of our technology, Actually, he's going to be transitioning to president of Prism HR. Um, Very good. And, um, and Gary will remain um, on the board mm-hmm. and take on an active advisory role. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and you know, and frankly, this was Gary's plan. This was his succession plan um, when he brought on Kevin nineteen months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you know, Kevin's now been with us nineteen um, months. Mm-hmm. Um, has a impressive resume. Um, is starting technology companies as um, as well as like um, leading large technology teams. I believe where he was last time, he had a team of I think three thousand folks um, in the HCM space, right? Um, but one thing I've learned is 
just because someone has an impressive resume has done something impressive somewhere else doesn't always translate well when they come into another company. That's right? the truth. Absolutely true. Yeah. 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 <laughs> We've lived that. Yeah. Uh, and and um, so the beauty to this is the past 19 months, Kevin has shown that, you know, he can be successful in, you know, in this community. Right. And, mm-hmm. and, and this past year shows it. I mean, it's uh, the, you know, we just kind of use a conference about 640 people there and the feedback we've had that people are seeing a difference there that we've delivered the most this year than we ever have yep. and, and leveraging the latest technology. And, and uh, Kevin's a big part of that. Yep. Um, and by the way, kudos to Gary because he went out and, and recruited that level of talent like a Kevin yeah, yeah. with his eyes on, this is my successor. If, yeah, yeah, yeah. Works, if he does well here, you know, or, yeah. You know, hiring our CISO. I mean, I would never have thought we could have attracted someone like a Dwayne. Um, you know, you know, there's a lot of CISOs out there, but not with uh, Dwayne's credentials. Yeah. Um, and uh, so these are very proud moments for me to kind of sit back and watch all this happen. So yeah, yeah. Considering you haven't been there at the birth and and watch what what's you know what's yeah. happened to yeah. it is unbelievable. Yeah. So what's the future? So you know, again, right person, right time um, is. It's Kevin being technology focused and being at the lead. Mm-hmm. That's what it's all about. There's so much happening in this space right now, right? And there's so much need. And Kevin has shown that he can bring that scalability and expertise, um, understand the space, and really deliver stuff that can compete on whatever fronts, right? Um, mm-hmm. And there's there's a lot, there's always going to be challenges to the space. No. By the way, I welcome it. Um, you know, the um, you know people talk about the challenge of tech companies, not so much coming to the PO industry, but competing with PEOs. Right? I welcome that because what that's done, you know, as much as this industry talks about, oh, we need to be more client facing. No one was really pushing that envelope. I mean, yeah, yeah. you know, eighty percent of the requests we would get for what to develop next was all about back office efficiency. Had nothing yeah, yeah. to do. With, you know, uh, they would say that openly that oh, yeah. it's about client facing, but the requests were back office efficiency. Right? Yeah. Why I welcome the challenge from these other tech solutions is that's flipped now, right? Um, I would say the requests we get are more like now 70%, maybe even higher, um, for client-facing stuff and 30% back office efficiency, Uh, which is great because that's going to allow people to really compete at that level. So, again, I welcome those disruptors because I think it pushes us uh, to places that we weren't going on our own, right? Um, And um, so... You know, what's next is, you know, going the right path, being able to compete. Um, You know, by the way, something's never changed. About 20 20 plus years ago, there at the Napio conference, uh, there was a technology panel. Um, Fred Davison was on it. uh, T.J. Willie was on it. And there was a few others. Um, And I don't recall the exact question, but it was a question to T.J. as far as, in his mind, what was the most important thing uh, from a technology perspective? Uh, and his thing was, his reply was delivering data to the client's elbow, right? Um, you know, in short, um, you know, 
you know, making reports and the data available to them quickly and easily. Um, that hasn't changed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that hasn't changed. Now, what has changed is the technology, right? So, yes, you know, formatted reports and downloads, um, you know, delivered to them for a certain needs, that's still there. Yeah. But really, the new data play now is um, more raw data, right? Data delivered to them in a warehouse and uh, with the ability to do machine learning off of it and yeah. um, where people can apply other technology to it. Yeah. And, you know, um, that's really the push right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, um, the other thing, you know, and, and it's been a challenge for the space uh, for years. You know, if you're a tech product and you have an HR product, the company looks at it and says, okay, I'm a white collar co uh, company doing this. That fits my needs. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work that way in a PEO. They hire the PEO and the tech comes with them, right? Yeah. And it's all across the board, you yeah. know, blue, green, white collar, right? Um, and with all different needs. By the way, one term I hate is best of breeds. Hmm. Uh, what's that mean, yeah. right? To me, it's best fit. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, what works for a 30-employee plumbing company yeah. is not going to work for a, you know, 50-employee um, design company. Yeah, right. You know, Absolutely. You know, yeah. White yeah. collar. Yeah. Right? So I think the ability to have agility to have tech that speaks to those individual clients yeah. is also a push for, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then lastly, AI. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. next it, big thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's not even the next big thing. We're already using it. When yeah, I say yeah, yeah. The entire space. I mean, AI in, in cybersecurity, I mean, that's been around for a while now. It's getting better, right? Um, where, you know, it can be, you know, it, it knows typical patterns and sees out of thing out of the norm, but that's learned, right? Yep. This is not the typical pattern. Yeah, so yeah. that's getting better and that's been around. Um, there's other yeah. things that have been around. You know, yeah. you look at companies like Gradient AI, you know, Napio member and, uh, yeah. And we actually have done some integration with them. So companies like that, what they're providing is scrub data, millions and millions of records, where they can be more predictive when it comes to yeah. underwriting. Yeah. Um, example, workers' comp, right? Yep. Um, and I have some experience to workers' comp because I dealt with claims management back in my armor party. Yeah. Um, if you can be predictive when someone goes out on workers' comp as far as how this case is going to end up, man, that's gold, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, you know what to reserve, which affects your mod. You know, if they're going to settle, you know where to kind of settle on the numbers. You yep. know, and that's what predictive allows you to do. But yep. what you do need is clean scrub data to compare that to. Yep. Um, yep. So where I see it coming in, in, in this space um, initially is really to AI augmented workflows, right? Mm -hmm. it's, you know, just that busy work. If yep. you take that off the plate, the repetitive tasks off, you know, their plate, um, yep. you know, the ability to onboard clients quicker and benefit admin, um, you know, compliance-based rule engines. I mean, I think that's where it's going, right? Um, but proceed with caution. Um, yeah. You know, you know, we're yes. doing a lot of pilots right now, but you got to proceed responsibly. You have to have additional governance around it. Yep. Um, you also have to be mindful of the data. You know, I'll give you an example. If you go to chat GPT and say, what is a 50 state compliant check? You'll get a result. 
Mm-hmm. You ask that question a little differently, yep. a different result. Yeah, yeah. Go ask, what's a compliant check in California? You'll get different results. Yeah, yeah. Last I checked, at least I think they are, California is one of the 50 states, right? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah still, I don't know. I haven't seen the news today, but <laughs> yeah, I think so. You never know. Um, point is that you got to be careful. Like a chat, you don't know where it's really getting the data. Yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Chat GPT, I don't know if you know this, is their data is as of September of 21. So if you ask Chat GPT who won the 22 World Series or or um, the Super Bowl, it doesn't know right now. Now you can use the tool against other databases. So sure, sure. Point is be careful of the database that it's yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Hey, let me ask you uh just a little bit of the elephant in the room. You guys uh uh, you know, went through a little uh, squall here a couple of years ago. Um, so what was that like and what's it like now? Yeah, and yeah, you know, we talked through that it was during that time a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, something like that can um, bring you down as a company or you can go in the totally different direction, right? Yeah. And, and again, kudos to Gary. His thing is, okay, we're, we're going to go over the top with whatever it takes here, right? Um, and he did. He did. Um, and whether it was neat or not, if, if, if it meant protection, yep. you, know, you know, you just spend it, throw at it, right? Yeah. Um, but also allowed us to bring in someone um, like a Dwayne, where... Yep. You know, think that, you know, guys, you know, you're better off spending your money here doing this. And, you know, so you can, that can bring you down or yep. be a detriment. And it was, it was a tough time. I mean, yep. uh, you know, I, I never want to relive that. Yeah, um, yeah. But it, it also, you can react much differently and go in the direction that we did. And it took some time and, um, at least the people I talk to, they're seeing it, right? Um, yeah. And um, so, well, yeah, no, it's, um, don't want to do that again. And, um, but um, no one can ever say that it won't happen to them. Yeah, uh, it's the, it's the, it, it is the classic example of what doesn't kill you will make you stronger. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, and um, and yeah. we took immediate steps to kind of go way overboard. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah. Uh, but then bringing on uh, Dwayne and the team he's brought on and the connections he has and uh, just constantly modifying that and reformatting that. And um, so, yeah, no, that, it's how you react to that. So, yep. Yep. Yeah. Two, uh, two final questions for you. First, uh, you, you've seen it again from its inception, really. Uh, what's, what's your outlook for the industry at this point? I mean, are we going to hit the wall at some point? Or are we going to level out? Or what do you think? Supposedly, we've been hitting the wall or going to hit the wall for the past 30 years. <laughs> I mean, all the doomsdays that I've heard you know, over the years. Yeah. But I tell you what, this year at the Capitol Summit, I was most of it, I was sitting back and just like, wow, wow, right? I mean, not that long ago, you'd go onto the hill and they'd have some folks set up to come and talk to us and they were late or maybe a no-show or and it was a yep. few of them. I mean, we were seeing that room this year. They were lining up. They yep. were lining up. It's like, okay, enough, enough. <laughs> <laughs> and, or, you know, 
rolling up in, into D.C. with the, the buses and the National PO Week and the T-shirts. I mean, I grabbed a bunch of T-shirts and I was selling at the kiosk at the airport. <laughs> we're wondering where those went. Yeah, yeah exactly. we're, 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 we're missing a bunch. Yeah. yeah. By the way, do you have any more larges? Because I ran out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just amazing to me that, and then the visits, I mean, you know, before, if you saw the actual rep, yeah, you know, all the years I've been doing Capitol Hill visits, you know, usually you see the staff, which is fine. This year, it was amazing. I mean, Kathy Clark sat with us like close to 20 minutes. Yeah. yeah. 20 minutes, like where does that happen, right? Yeah. And so what I'm leaning to is, Kudos to all of you for the awareness, right? Um, and how you've kind of developed around. But you know, the advocacy, mm-hmm. not the advocacy and the pack. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. let's not kid ourselves. I know. I say it all the time. It's uh, how yeah. ironic the more we spend, the more money, more friends yeah. we have. And, Sorry, um, but that's yeah, just true. Yeah. yeah. And my plea to anybody answering. Do whatever you can because it just benefits the industry, and what benefits yes. the industry benefits all of us, right? Yes. Um, yes. So there's that, and then the other part is um, the marketing. Um, yep. You know, everyone everyone knows now the story from fifty thousand to one point four million. Yep. But one thing that hasn't I don't think I've heard lately about is it's not you can go through one point four million pretty quickly, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And what's been amazing, it's been a very efficient um, spend, right? Yep. Um, the value, and kudos to Carrying Group, right? Yep. The value they're getting back for that spend yeah. looks like more, way more than $1.4 million, right? Absolutely. Uh, yep. So it's not just, hey, thanks, Napio, for raising the spend, but spending it in a way and getting a lot of value to it. Before. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, and I think that story gets out. Um, more people learn about it. Um, yeah. I do think this industry is going to get better yep. and making sure they incorporate this in their marketing and selling. Yep. Uh, yep. Um, and the need's there. The need is yep. there. Um, yep. Technology. The technology really has to compete. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and yep. it is. It, 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 it's starting up. It really is competing at those levels. Um, and Again, partly because the industry is pushing for it now. Yeah, yeah. No, so exactly. hopefully, I answer your question on that. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. Okay, so the big question that everybody waits for: What is something we don't know about you? Ooh, and I prepared for this because. Oh, I'm- okay. See, that's <laughs> something. Okay. Oh, okay. that's good. I'm glad. That's the question's got everybody <laughs> Something we don't know, and it, and it has nothing to do with an accomplishment because no, we, it's, it's, it doesn't have to be. Yeah, be you've been here for a while for that one. So, right. so something. So the key here is something so no one knows, and as you know, and a number of people know that my family's had a tradition um, for the past. This year was year ninety-one that we vacation together. You know, we've been at the same location. Westport, Massachusetts. It's on the borderline of Rhode Island, Massachusetts, right on the ocean. Beautiful town, a lot of farm country rolling down to the ocean. And you know, as kids, we spent our summers there. And there's been five generations that have been going there. Um, this year, my mother, who will be turning 100 in January, was there. Um, oh, still, we'll have a couple glasses of wine every day. And yeah. That's why she made it to 100. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. Yeah. And so she represents the second generation, unfortunately, the only one from the second generation left. Mm -hmm. And we had nine members from the fifth generation there this year, you know, all nine, and everybody in between. So it's been great. So we've had that. And again, a number of people in the industry know that story. 
But one thing they don't know is, you know, spending that much time down there over the years, there were times, you know, being, you know, as you say, the crazy Armenians, well, (laughs) you need some medical attention for something, right? Um, And for a number of years, our doctor down there was Rupert Von Trapp. So, right? Uh, That name sounds familiar. Have I heard that name before? So Rupert was the eldest child of the Von Trapp family. Now, I know you're a huge sound of music aficionado. And you say, well, yes. no, way. no, the eldest child was, was a Liesl. Yeah, right. It was not Rupert. Yeah, right. No, 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 not after it. The movie was not, you know. And the, actually, the eldest child was Rupert. Um, he was actually portrayed as Fedra in the movie. Um, yeah, I was going to say, there was no Rupert in the movie. Yeah. No, there wasn't. Yeah, so eldest child of the Von Trapp family. Um, and became a medical doctor and settled in Adamsville, Rhode Island, which Adamsville, to get from one side of Westport to the other, you actually have to travel through Adamsville. So that's all. So that was our doctor for years. So so now that one thing I had in my back pocket that no one knew, it's out there now. For that's so time. wild. That, that's a good one, though. That That's fantastic. I thought you were going to tell me that the role of, of the captain uh, was actually modeled after you, I thought. Well, yeah, that's that's what I was going to go with if I didn't have this. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it was interesting. You know, like when you went to his office, they'd have Edelweiss playing. And That's right. When you were leaving, they would line up and sing, So long, farewell, here's your bill. You know, um, <laughs> but, um, honestly, I don't, I don't, I was young. I don't re- really remember. Well, that, that, that's <laughs> a good one, though, Craig. I got to give you props to that. I mean, before this, I there you the go. Best thing somebody had was that Brent played uh birdie and bye bye birdie that was really something but this kind of knocks that out of the box that's yeah, cool. we, by the way we have to chip in and get him those gold tights and a gold jacket and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i still got it yeah, yeah yeah by the way those stories are amazing like did, by the way did you catch tara i mean she's just like oh yeah i was the state gymnast champ uh you know yes. like, and like and then she just like passed by that it's like yes i mean i'd be like flavor flaves with yes. the clock hanging down. I was a state champ, right? Um, yes. And she just like, oh yeah, I was state champ. Yeah. yeah. I got I got at Cap Summit. I got an elevator after one of the evening events. There are five or six of us on the elevator. She and Tara's on the elevator with us. And I said, one person on this elevator worked for the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. yeah. It was like it was like five guys and her, you know. And everybody looked around, looked around, and she burst out laughing. She's like, Yeah, I did that too. So it is uh it is fun. It's it, it, it's by the way, I love I love this whole podcast series you've been doing because it's been like, you know, for most of these folks that you've had on so far, you know, I go way back with these folks. You know, I mean, yeah, I mean, Ryan Fayak. I remember the day he called me and remember the what he said. He says, "Hey, bud, I'm starting a PEO." You know, that was his <laughs> you know, or Mark Perlberg. You know, I I've always called Mark Perlberg the EF Hutton of the PEO. Yes, yes. Mark talks, people listen, right? One hundred percent. Yes, he yeah. does. Uh-huh. I I remind him all the time. It's because of his New Jersey roots that gives. <laughs> well, him. let's not go there. Yeah. That <laughs> Well, thank you so much, pal, for the time today. I appreciate your uh, your your willingness to get in the barrel here today. Uh, but it is just great. Yeah, and we always learn something we didn't otherwise know. The cat's out of the bag now about Rupert Trump. 
which is great. So, uh, and that tradition is so great and it's a uniquely American story. It just is, right? That, that tradition that you guys have at the beach. With yeah, the yeah, I mean, a version of the uh, Kennedys, right? Um, so. <laughs> the, the working class version of the Kennedys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Although I think we would kick their butt in flag football, whatever the hell it is. They, they, <laughs> we watch flag football. Yeah, exactly, that. yeah. All right, pal. Craig Vivian of Prism HR. Thanks so much for being with us today, pal. Terrific. Thank you.